0: Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. Listen, as believers, we serve King Jesus. That means there's a kingdom. There's a kingdom, okay? And so we believe, as believers, when we accept Jesus... God's son, that we are now in a kingdom, a supernatural kingdom that God has given to us, and and we call that family. Come on, we call that covenant. We we call that where come on, we are adopted into the family, and now we God is Father. And Jesus has made the way for us to have a relationship with him. Now, every kingdom movie that I've ever watched has a battle. You ain't never going to find no hour and a half movie on a kingdom of something and someone's not trying to steal it, squash it, destroy it. There's always going to be that epic moment where, you know what I'm saying? And I think that sometimes in our faith, we forget that if there is a kingdom, then there will be battles and we will have to battle what we think, what we feel, what we will have to battle. And I want to remind you today that there is a battle between light and darkness. There's a battle between bondage and freedom. There There is a battle between truth and a lie. There is battles that produce spiritual heaviness, spiritual heaviness. And God has given us what we need to navigate this world, to throw off every entanglement, to throw off that heaviness so that we can live in peace, in joy. Come on, with purpose? For us, we got to remember that God's not small. God is not small. God is not weak. God is not frail. God is not some soft little entity. God is powerful. You understand what I'm saying? Like He created this whole thing. Maybe we've grown up in church moments where we sing cute little songs about He's got the whole world in His hand. And so you just thought his hands were like lotion. And God ain't got no calluses. And God is just, you know, he's manscaping all the time, looking good. Can I just tell you this? That God is not a weenie, a sissy, a wuss. He is not scared of the enemy. He is not... In 2021 going, oh my God, what are they just messing it all up? God doesn't need emotional safe, place, safe places. You hear what I'm saying? God sees the end from the beginning. And he's already got a plan for what we mess up. God's got that. And so we need to be reminded that we can resist the enemy, we can push back on the devil's plans, and we can operate in power. We can operate with the weapons that he's given us, the weapons for warfare. And some people, listen, the goal for your Christian life isn't to attend church, it's to become church. Attendance isn't the goal. If attendance for church is the only goal of the believer, then we will become critical and we will begin to judge how all churches do it and we will become more about judging the system and structure of a church. But the church was designed to equip the saints for the work of the ministry and there's work to be done. In other words, there's work in your family. There's work in your extended family. There's work where you work. You you are constantly being battled where you're at. And come on, you got to pump up (laughs) that that spirit, man, so that you can go out and navigate this world. Over the next five weeks, we're going to be talking about pushing back. That means that you don't have to take... Hold and carry every thought that the enemy pushes on you. The enemy has schemes. I don't know if you played any uh, sports, but a football team will draw up schemes. A soccer team will draw up schemes. Basketball coaches will draw up schemes. And the scheme is to try to get the defense to do something different so the offense can go score. Okay? My son loves to juke. And so he'll go to the refrigerator and he'll, ooh, gotcha. And I'm like, you didn't give me nothing. I I, I didn't move. He was like, but you wanted to. And I was like, I really didn't want to move. I got here. And he's like, that's what I thought. And I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about. The enemy is always trying to get you to move out of position, to move out of covenant to move out a kingdom so that you feel like you have no protection, you are abandoned, you are alone, nobody's with you, nobody's for you, you're on your... Come on, does that make sense? The enemy is always trying to juke you so that you are hurt, offended, lied to, full of fear, shame, sick, all of these things. And the enemy is just banking on if he can give you enough of that and put enough of that on you, you will quit. Why would that not be true spiritually? We all have lived enough life where people have quit on relationships. That was too heavy. That was too hard. That was too toxic. That was too whatever. That is, I, I, I have to build a boundary, and I cannot no, it, any longer connect because it feels fi- And so if the enemy comes and makes it heavy and makes it hard and always tries to disqualify God and change who he is and make you doubt him and his goodness and his presence and that he will do what he says he can do, then you will abandon that relationship because that's what we do when it gets heavy. But we got to push back. For us, one of the ways that our faith is hindered is by, look, our doubt, our doubt. And the enemy will always try to destroy what we think about God. He wants to erode the trust that we have for the Lord. If you think about it, in every relationship that you have, trust is vital. It's vital. Friendship, marriage, finances, career, calling. Trusting the Lord that he would direct us, bring us where we need, bring into fruition the things that he has for us. You, we are constantly in a position where he knows the end from the beginning. We don't know the end from the beginning, and we are trusting that he has good things for us. So I got a statement that I want to give you. I want to read it to you a couple times, not because you're not quick, smart, and fast, But because I want it to get past your head and I want to get it into your heart, I want to get it into your spirit. And we're going to put it up here. They can go ahead and put it up. Trusting God is built on a personal relationship and is practiced in uncomfortable moments. Come on. Listen, trusting God is built with a relationship with God. And, and listen, and it is practiced in uncomfortable moments. So for all of us, how do we know when, if we really trust God? It's an uncomfortable moment, a moment that we didn't think this was going to happen, a moment that we didn't. And, 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 and I, I think it is so easy for us to think, well, all, you know, all I got to do is go to church. If I go to church, I'm going to be insulated from bad things. Bad things won't destroy me if I go to church. And what we do is we invert a a concept that we all think, but we don't ever say. The truth is we have the power to make choices. And those choices bring life into our life or they bring death into our life. And so absolutely, we want to be disciplined. We want to manage well. We want to to conduct ourselves in a way that we are um, submitting to the things of God. But here's what I want you to know is no amount of church attendance and practicing principles can insulate you from life. You're going to have to trust God in the middle of a process. You're going to have to trust God in the middle of an uncomfortable moment. You're going to have to, ex- that we will all experience things we do not want and did not control. And it's in those moments that you're going to decide, am I trusting in the Lord or do I feel like he's left me and let me down? For us, let's look at a verse that I think you may have seen on Pinterest. Um, uh, it's one of those, you know, really nice, fluffy verses. Um, and so if you haven't, I want to read it to you. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. And we're just going to keep it up there for a while. Anybody ever heard this verse? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. But on all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Anybody ever heard that? Come on, help me. Help me. Okay. I think that sermon, that verse is easy to agree with. You're like, yeah, amen, hallelujah. Preach that. That's good stuff right there. I'm glad we're at a church to preach the Bible. Okay. Can we break this down just a little bit? Okay. Trust the Lord. Let's just, let's just go through these. So here's the thing is how many want your path straight? All right. 50% of you. Okay. All right, well, that's why we have care ministry for all of you that want crooked paths. All right, cool. All right, come on, online. How many of you want? Straight path, straight path. Anybody? Straight path, come on. Because here's the deal. If you go on to read this verse, it says, if there is a straight path, then you will be planted by the water, and you will be blessed. Come on. Everybody want that, right? And so your path will take you somewhere. So here's what, th- this is an equation. I'm taking take you back to math class. Okay. If you want a straight path, you've got to trust the Lord. If you want a crooked path, trust yourself. Okay? What is trust the Lord? Trust the Lord. Church is the only place that it is so easy to agree and so hard to do. I agree with that. Oh, preach. He preaching now. And you walk out and you're like, I don't even know how to do any of that. That's a lot of hard stuff. Come on, look at it. Trust the Lord. What does that mean? When you put your, everybody will put their trust in something. You sat down thinking that chair would hold you. Come on. You got in the car today believing that you would not wreck. You have so much trust in your ability. No, I ain't reckon because I'm a swerver. I can see crazy. Come on, how many of y'all really can see crazy drivers? And like you're, you're like, you're you're going and you're like, they are crazy. They are crazy. Come on. Crazy people on back roads, even some crazy truck drivers, they kind of swerve in, and you're like, okay. I'm going to hit it hard. I'm going to pass them fast. Come on. You know what I'm talking about? And so you, you lay it down to seven. You're like in this tension because you're like, I know I need to break man's law, but they crazy. So I'm going to break man's law, and then I'm going to slow down, and I'm going to ask forgiveness. Come on. Real tensions. Real tensions in this world. Here's the thing. You're going to trust in something. And and listen, the Bible says, do not trust in logic. Do not trust in wisdom. Do not trust in opinions. Do not trust in, listen, science. Do not trust in, it says, trust in me. I'm not saying that we shouldn't have logic. I have met people without it. You need it. Okay, you need it. I'm not saying that we shouldn't uh, benefit from science. I'm not saying that that we throw caution and say, oh, I don't care about anything, but I'm saying what do you put your trust in? Not your career, not your job. Come on, being over here in Northwest Arkansas for the last six years, it's amazing how when the corporations want to do layoffs. And I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not slamming anything. I mean obviously everybody has a business, but it's amazing how quick things can change and you thought you had a safe place to kind of, you know, Take care of your family, and all of a sudden, the job's over. They're closing that division. They're not doing that. And just like that, you're like, We're drowning. Why not buy the bass boat? I should have saved. Come on. Just like that. The Bible says, Trust in. The Lord. When you trust the Lord, that implies three things. It it implies that you want a relationship. You can't trust anybody you don't know. You can't trust people you don't know. I'm not saying that you're like skeptical, but when you meet someone, you're kind of getting to know them. And what you find out is people are generally awesome the first time you meet them. Come on, is this right? Then you get to know them, and you know they're jacked up. Then you decide, am I going to keep hanging out with these jacked up people? And you meet other people, and you're like, well, they're not as crazy as them. Come on. Is this right? And so it it takes time. Devin and I have known each other for almost uh, 10 years, almost 10 years, and There are things that I'm just now starting to know about him. There are things that he's starting to know about me. He probably knew them a (laughs) lot. I'm learning myself. Yeah, but come on. How many of y'all been married over three years? You learning? You learning? Three years and under, you don't even know him. I know him. I know him like nobody else. That's right, because nobody else knows him either. So you just need to wait, because for people you know, I'm telling you, just wait. Come seven, eight years, you can be like, I didn't even know that about you. <laughs> Come on. You've got to divest an impersonal relationship with the Lord, and you've got to know him. That means you've got to read his word. That means you've got to pray. That means you've got to have him speak. That means, listen, 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 listen. There is an active relationship, and God is not silent. The Bible says, I speak in a still, small voice. And let me tell you something. I don't know how you grew up, but I'm telling you, you cannot have a relationship with facts only. And so that means that God is a speaker. He is a communicator. He does want to have an interaction with you. And he's not a historical figure that we learn content about. And Come on. You cannot have a relationship with George Washington. You can respect him. You can like him, you can admire him, but you can't have a relationship with him because you can't talk to him. Come on, help me. Don't act like God and George Washington are the same. Where I'm going to read a little bit about who he is. No, 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 you, he is a relational God. He's a relational God. And so trusting God is built on a personal relationship and practice in uncomfortable moments. The second thing is dependency, being dependent. If you're going to trust the Lord, that means you're going to depend on Him, not on everything else. And so when you are in trouble, where do you run? When you've had a great day, where do you run? What is your source, village, people community that you run to win. Because historically, even God's people have generally always picked him last. Yeah. And God says, man, pick me. Yeah. Run to me. Yeah. Run to me. Run to me. Listen, you, we, we got to have some dependence. That means we believe everything good comes from god jeremiah 17 7 says blessed is the man who trusts the lord whose trust is in the lord this verse goes on to say that we'll be planted in fertile soil i, I encourage you to write that down and read it come on write that down jeremiah 17 uh 7 and 8 the next thing is this we're talking about trust the lord submissiveness Submiss- if you want your path straight There's got to be times when he says, don't do what you think you should do. We don't connect with God so that he'll agree with our plans. Okay, God, I have two roads. I really want a straight path that leads me to blessing. So I'm thinking you should say yes and touch and anoint what I want to do. (laughs) Whoa, whoa. Okay. Actually, Logically, there's no reason why you shouldn't sell your house. Actually, there's no logical reason why you shouldn't buy that truck. Actually, there's no logical reason why you shouldn't, whatever. But we begin to go to God, not because God doesn't want us to have dominion over our lives, but we go to God because God sees the end from the beginning, and I want to be on the right path, and I would hate for there to be a moment in ministry, a moment where I could write a $500 check to send someone to Belize or to somewhere else, but I spent it because I didn't. Did not know where he wanted to take me. And because he, this opportunity was given so that I could be a giver, I had no idea the blessing that was going to come on my life and the path that it was going to take me. You hear what I'm saying? Submissiveness. What we trust in. Do we trust in culture? What culture says? We trust in what we get on the web or social media? Do we trust what people say? Do we trust our own feelings? The Bible says that he has a better way that he wants to lead you. Come on. Trust the Lord. And look at the second one. Go back to that verse. With all your heart. With all your heart. Listen, we've been taught that we are capable of figuring out life on our own. I can do it however I want. I'll figure it out however I want. You know what? I ain't no punk. I just do what I, hey. (laughs) I understand that, but here's the deal. We give our heart to money. We give our heart to power. We give our heart to platforms. We give our heart to causes. Just look on social media people crazy everybody's fighting and everybody's got the truth and i'm like like it, how do we stop being confused We gotta go back to the word. Come on. We gotta go back to his con to what to what he says. And we gotta build our life and trust him and believe he knows better than anybody else in the White House or anybody else in Congress or anybody else in the Senate or anybody else in the community or anybody else. We gotta go back to his word and say, if I do it this way, God, I will give you my total heart. I'm not gonna always doubt you and believe that you're not right and always try to challenge. As a parent, probably one of the things that hurts me the most is when my kids and I have a moment, and they believe my motive is not for them. Come on. Hey, I want you to go ahead and put up your phone. What? You don't even if you love me, you wouldn't take away all my friends. I was like, they're not your friend. <laughs> I'm your friend. <laughs> but what happens when I, Katie or I start to lead them, they make choices on limited understanding, and they don't even know where I want to take them, but my motive is good for them. Yeah. Come on, hear what I'm saying. Yeah. For us... I can tell you that God is the only one that sees from the end end from the beginning. And he alone knows what's before you and knows how to heal what's behind you. God is the one. And it's imperative that we wholeheartedly give our heart to him. Because the Bible says that if we do not give our heart to him, even when we pray, James says that we'll be tossed to and fro and will be confused, and confused people do not receive anything from the Lord. That's what it says. Yeah. Then it says, "Look, look at this. Look at this. Go. On. All right, we, we, we're almost done with the first line. All right, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not lean. Do not lean. Come on, y'all know the jam. Lean on when you're. So, come on, y'all acting like y'all ain't heard that song. Come on, uh, uh listen." See, so here's the problem: is that relationships are suffering because people are leaning. I'm not saying that Katie and Katie can't be there for me momentarily, and that I cannot be there for her momentarily. But I'm just telling you, if I constantly lean on her, how long is she going to be able to hold me? You hear what I'm saying? Let's do a little visual. Uh, uh, Come come here. Uh, 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 Let's see here. Heath, come here. I'm going to call him Heath. I haven't been here in a while. All right. All right. Heath, all right. Put your arms out. All right. Just like this, like that. Put them together like that. All right. All right. So just back up one step, please. Just one step back up. All right. That's perfect. Now, Heath, I'm really having a lot of problems right now. I just want you to know that I have a 16-year-old that's driving, and he can't wait to leave. And I'm like, the insurance is so high. Plus, he doesn't really have a job, and he needs a lot of gas. Then I have my teenage daughter, who's a little older. And I, Heath, could you lift me up a little bit? You're not really being there for me. You're not really being the support I need you to be. That's... (laughs) Come on, you hear what I'm saying? Come on, give He the hand. And we wonder why there's no life in our marriage because everybody's tired. My hand tired. My mind's tired. Every time you walk in, I feel like i got to hold you from hitting rock bottom. And I can't do that. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. Your emotions are up and down and up and down and up and down. And I love the way God created you. But I need you to lean on the Lord. I need you to go to the Lord and get right acclimated in His presence. Because He is the only one that you can really lean on. Help me. Help me. Come on. It's the truth. He is the only one that can do it. And here's the thing. He will be the only one that will never drop you. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I can always tell when our home gets a little bit, yeah, yeah. Come on. Y'all, how many of y'all know what I'm talking He said a little, yeah, yeah. And I'm always like, okay, either she leaning or I'm leaning. But somebody's leaning. Because I'm walking in thinking that what she does can make me happy. And she's walking in thinking what I do can make, it ain't never going to happen. You know what I'm saying? I need your happiness to be in the Lord so I can just be me. Come on. Don't lean. My wife is more of a cuddler. And I'm more of a moment. No I mean and so she just put her hand she just put her hand on on me like sometimes sometimes hey babe just and I it's just this four it's just this much and I'm like ah, like the weight it's just like so much and it's like only like five minutes but I feel like my chest just came in hand and my asthma started to act up and I'm like ah, I can't breathe I can't breathe because ah, it's heavy it's heavy And some of you are leaning on a relationship and you're frustrated that they're not texting you enough and calling you enough and cheering you up enough and doing enough and and, and they're they're not there for you enough and they're not whatever. And I need to tell you, uh, sir, I need to tell you, honey, that listen, you're leaning the wrong way. And when people lean the wrong way, you will hit the ground. And you will be alone because nobody can do it forever but God. He said, lean on me. Come on. Is that good? It's good. good. It says, on your own understanding, on your own understanding. Listen, we talked about this. We should have some understanding. It's good to have understanding. I've met people without it. (laughs) Woo. We have a friend that used to say, hey, if you're going to be dumb, be tough right? If you're going to be dumb, at least be tough. We, we need understanding. But here's the deal. If you try to get your understanding from culture, the Bible says that that is shifting sand. And it is so crazy. People who, you know what? Just stories that you hear of people with no understanding. You took your fist and hit a brick wall? Well, you know, it was either the brick wall or their face. And I'm like, that's terrible options. One's going to break every bone in your hand, and the other one's going to send you to jail. You're telling me you couldn't find another option? <laughs> Come on, listen to what I'm saying. Understanding. And it's amazing when we get emotional how quickly our intellect leaves. Come on, is that true? Yes. You done got three degrees, but when you get mad, you acting like a four-year-old. Yes. I'm never talking to you again. <laughs> Come on, yeah. listen. Have you ever been in an argument going, "Wow, I'm so glad that nobody's videoing this." Come on, listen. But it's just a, it's, it's it's amazing understanding understanding like like we even in our society we are having a problem on defining. Gender. Like on some college campuses, it's like seventy-three or seventy-four different. And when I look in the Word, (laughs) and and so listen to what I'm saying. For us who have grown with the Bible, that looks—that's ridiculous. And I want to be careful when we joke because I feel like there's a subculture that did not know anything about God and they don't come from the paradigm based on God's word and so they're trying to figure it out. But here's what I need you to understand is our culture will always shift. We want everyone to go with science. In four or five scenarios, but when it comes to gender, we're not going with science. We're going with how people feel. That's called shifting. It's shifting. And it's based on whatever culture says in the moment. And so how do we, as believers, have compassion for people and not ride them off and judge them or accuse them? But at the same time, we're training our family that, yo, there is a way that seems right, and there's a way that seems right to everybody else, but at the end, it will be destruction. Yeah. And I'm, I am don't want your family destroyed. Come on. I don't want my family destroyed. Like, I, I want to be on the path that, you know what? I trust him, and I've given him my heart. Come on. A- and I am, I am leaning on not my own understanding, but I'm leaning on him. Acknowledge him. Acknowledge him. That means, listen, when you say acknowledge him, that means you include him. Yeah. You include him. You don't include him when Carrie's saying, Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> it's like we always want to include Jesus when we're in the middle of a wreck. Oh my gosh, Sarah, I made some terrible decision to take over. <laughs> and God's like, what do you want me to do? We're going through it. <laughs> But if you could have given me the wheel way back up here, come on, I got ways you don't even know about. Y'all saw what I did right there? Come on, that was better. That was good. Listen, Waze is an app that you use. It is a GPS. You can download it. I tied that into his ways. Just wanted y'all to be with me. Okay. I'm making it hard for a brother. All right, listen. Okay. So here's the thing. Listen, listen. Listen. We acknowledge him. That means we include him in our struggles, in our stresses, and in our scary moments. We acknowledge him when things are going great. And it's not like, hey, you know how smart I am. I done got that office. Woo! Yeah. Huh. God, thank you for the intellect. Thank you for the gift. Thank you for the ability. Thank you for speaking my name before people who didn't know me. God, thank you for making a way where there is no way. Come on, does that make sense? We begin to acknowledge him. And then we acknowledge him when we're hurting. Then it says, listen, and he will make your straight, your pass. Pass. There are many. And can I tell you that if you come to church... I just need you to know that there's some, maybe maybe just mixed up thinking where we think that spiritual growth is linear, and all we have to do is learn a Bible verse, start to tithe, serve, and all of a sudden, we're marching in God's army, and we know our path. No, no, there are so many different paths, and God has so many ways that He wants to navigate your life, and that's why you need Him to direct you, because you'll be going down this road, and all of a sudden, He wants you on that road, and in your mind, that logically doesn't make sense sense but God knows how to build bridges God knows how to build bridges because there are paths there are also paths that lead to destruction where if we trust in ourself and we give our heart to other things come on and we lean on the wrong substance or the wrong people if we begin to think that we are the only ones that understand, then we will know, always end up in a place that will not bear fruit and will not be a blessing. And so I don't know where, man, y'all go ahead and come up. I don't know what path you're on, but I know what path you can be on. I don't know what path and the hardship that's before you I don't know what you're struggling with I don't know what's going on with your job, your marriage your singleness but here's what I know that if you will put your trust in the Lord and in all of your ways acknowledge Him God Does not measure our blessing in days and hours over years. It says that the righteous have not been forsaken over years over years. And I'm telling you, way too many people want to write their God story at 27. Way too many people want to write their God story at 39. Way too many people want to write their God story at 47. Way too many people want to write their God story at 62. And I'm telling you that God has a great and wonderful plan for your life if you will trust Him. Come on. If you will allow Him to navigate your life. Come on. I believe the heaviness is coming off some of you right now. I believe the Confusion is coming off of some of you right now. I believe that God wants to let you know and remind you one more time You may not like where you're at, but I can get you out of where you're at You may not like what's happening right now, but I'm telling you I'm with you and I'm not gonna forsake you And I am closer than a brother. Come on. Y'all need to help me now. God wants to move in your life We had to trust God in our marriage because we respected God but we had to allow the relationship with God to begin to heal our past and heal our brokenness because in this marriage there were moments, years where she felt unloved and I felt disrespected and we had this cycle going on where my triggers would trigger her triggers which would trigger my triggers and so every day someone was off Come on, is this real? And y'all know when it's real terrible is when we're both off. It's like you can have a bad day, I have a good day. I have a good day, you have a bad day. But if we both have a bad day, we seem to go sleep. Come on. But here's the deal. We both knew how to fix each other, but we had to trust God to come in and lower our defenses and allow God to fix us. Do you trust Him? Come on, sir. Do you trust him? Ma'am, do you trust him? Teenager, do you trust him? Come on, lean not on your own understanding. Y'all stand up with me. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.